Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe Sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. All three of you are here. All three of us, me, myself, and I. You're going to have to get rid of two of them because we have to socially distance. So yes. Least, or at least six feet between your Well, names. the other two are sitting over there. Yeah. They're right there. They're good. They're always with you, though. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. No, I'm trying to shake them. That's all right. Well, you know what? Maybe that's, that's another show, another day, another topic. Yeah. We are going to talk about, I mean, I think a lot of folks are going back to Mass. The- I wouldn't say a lot. I won't say a lot. Well, okay. No. You want to say a lot? <clears throat> yeah, no. I'll, we'll say a lot. I'm saying a lot of people have the uh, opportunity. Yes. They all, because they a, all lot of, a lot of dioceses are opening back up. Phase one. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so, yeah, so they're they're looking at, uh, um, you know, how to do that. How to do it. And mm-hmm. and obviously, it's a, it's a challenge. Big time. <laughs> it's not like... It's just not like an ordinary day. You are not going to recognize it when you show back up. Yeah, and well, and so I um, last our last show we talked about returning to church and just you know uh, having a spirit of humility, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, the virtues of patience and just be, not being judgmental and just being obedient and just going and doing your best and wearing your mask if that's what your diocese has asked you to do, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and so that was really that. I kind of want to focus today uh, just on this idea of being hungry for mass. Perfect. Because I think uh, we we because both of us. I saw you Sunday. I did. I we think did. it was you mm-hmm. because I saw like these two eyes, these beady eyes, looking right. out over this mask. This weird mask. Right, but I could still see all of. Where the was your mask, beard. by the way? I, it was it was where it needed to be. Okay. Um, in your I, pocket. Well, so we when when we're in uh, during mass, the the clergy weren't supposed to wear a mask because we're up there in the altar right. area. Um, and then when we came down to distribute communion, we put a mask on. Right, right. So, um, so we were wearing because it's hard to talk and whatever with the mask. Yep. And if it's that you're talking, that's you're doing that thing. So just being a wise guy, right? Yeah. So and that's okay. You're welcome. <clears throat> Although I wouldn't necessarily call you wise, I just. You know, that's what you want to go with. So, uh, but anyway, we both had an experience. Get me started, man. You know, I saw you, and I, I saw you from a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, it's funny. You were doing the, uh, you know, you wanted to do the elbow thing, but the elbow bump. Yeah, but you were even doing a virtual elbow bump. Like you were doing an elbow bump, and the elbows weren't touching. I don't even remember that. Yeah, so it was like everybody. It was kind of weird. It was just. I'll make sure I bump your elbow before we no, part today. No, we went six feet. Six feet. No. You have to maintain that at all times. That's exactly Man, right. I must have fallen asleep at phase one instructions. Yeah. So you're the reason why we have to have phase one through 17. Yeah. People like you. But that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? I'm not going to judge. Because this is like, it's a tough time for everybody. It goes right? back to last week's show. That's exactly right. This is a tough time for everybody. It and is I, very difficult. And you know I, you know what? I I, uh, I just wanted to talk. Maybe we could talk about like our, our recollections of this past yeah. weekend, what we yeah. experienced. Uh, and uh, and what maybe that will look like going forward. I, I I remember how nice it was to see other people. That was one of the best parts in at church because that that community has really suffered, especially people you haven't. I mean, you haven't seen them in a long time. That's right. And you you, know? you are getting pretty burly with the the facial hair. I mean, that thing is thick and full. That you beard. like it? Oh yeah, I do. You do? Do you remember those it's uh, the COVID nineteen? 
beard. beard. Do you remember those uh, G.I. Joes with the lifelike hair? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you look that's like. Me. Awesome. Except you're like G.I. Joe's grandfather. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got that Santa Claus. Santa Claus thing going. Yes. You're looking you're looking good, Chris Kringle. Thank it's you. it's looking good. Oh, oh, um, oh. exactly. So um, we we at our parish didn't have huge numbers. Did not. But I don't know that we were expecting huge numbers because if you counted all the seats, we there, uh, there was pretty much full. Yeah, it was about fifty, and we had an overflow. So I was in the overflow room, and so you guys now you in the uh, in the main place you had eighty. I think there were eighty chairs. Okay, so you had about eighty there were more there than I thought. And so the nine we had a nine and eleven, a four thirty nine and eleven, and right. the, the four thirty had about total of about eighty. Mm-hmm. They didn't didn't have an overflow. Um, and then the 9 and the 11 both had about 80, and then the overflow had 15 and 20. That's great. And so, you know, w- there could have been more. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are, again, I'm not looking at it as a People success or a failure. I, I, exactly. I think there's a lot of folks who are scared. So the numbers weren't huge. But, you know, in the ones that I saw, mm-hmm. this is where I want to get into this sort of like hungry for mass. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed seeing those people and it just seemed like everyone was like man i am so glad to be here i agree did you not did you sense that oh absolutely and what was your experience like when you when you started seeing people because everybody oh, had their masks on my heart warmed up i had smiles yeah. and i uh, got to visit with some folks a little bit so no that was that was great I so mean, and then some folks you don't even think about that's that's the ones i'm thinking of oh yeah you know yeah. i mean because I mean, seeing you i knew i was going to see you at right. some point and see a couple other folks that I know really well, but there is a few that I just didn't, hadn't even thought of during this whole COVID thing. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree, and uh, and so it, it started to feel a little bit more like like a community again. Yes, and I, I, you know the surreal part was seeing all of the chairs separated in the overflow room. You know, there's like twilight six, zone. There was like six feet apart from each one. Yeah, it was know. like going to a. Uh, we, we were talking about that earlier. Like going to visit somebody in prison, they keep you separated. Or you were talking about taking an exam. Yeah, like when you take like an, an exam, ACT. Don't copy off your neighbor. Right. We're at mass. <laughs> Can I copy my neighbor? No, you can't. The Lord wants your answers only. Yeah, that that just, that kind of stuff just hurts my heart. It kills me. Yeah, but to experience it but, that way. But we all got to do it. Oh, I know. And the other surreal part about all this is the masks. Mm-hmm. I, there were tons of different kinds of masks, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of nice seeing the masks. I mean, it was just, it was like, everybody just said like, you know, we got our mask and we're right. all wearing our mask, you know? Right. Uh, and, and, Did and you see any cool ones, by the way, you know what, uh, anything that really jumped out, no, you know, a lot of sports teams. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of sports pride going out there. Okay. You know, and some people had no business wearing that sports team around here. Right. You know, because if you're not going to wear the Memphis Tigers, what are you doing? Yeah, get that out of here. Exactly. Uh, get that weak tot out of here. That's exactly right. So, uh, so, so, and, and there's something I was thinking about, uh, you know, speaking of this hunger and being there, is we're wearing these masks, and, um, and, and all you can see is their eyes. Right. And it made me sit and think that, like, it, it was causing me to look more intently at people to see, like, what is it they're thinking what is it what like because you know body language we we're we take for granted oh totally and so i'm looking at these eyes and 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 you know bess and i my wife we have we have this thing we called crinkly eyes mm-hmm. so like when you smile i mean she gets all these crinkles yeah, around your her eyes, eyes crinkle and so you end up smiling with your eyes right right and and uh, so i saw a lot of crinkly eyes isn't that great there were just a lot of people so i could tell they were smiling That's great. they were wincing in pain but i think it was smiling <laughs> I think you're right. 
and and so th- so that part again that was the that was heartwarming. Oh yeah, uh, to to see, and so I really enjoyed, um, and and maybe just stop to think like, you know, even in the midst of of what is such a different time for us. Yep. With the I mean, coronavirus is just turn the world upside down, mm-hmm. uh, and. Even in that time, there was still like human emotion. There was still something deep and profound. And to be able to look into people's eyes and see, mm-hmm. like their heart. I mean, you you start to see uh, right. through into somebody's. You know, eyes are like this window into the soul, right? right? I don't know what great poet or somebody said that. If Sam was sitting here, we're socially yeah. distancing. He can't. But if he was, he'd tell us. It'd it was, probably be a saint. It was Saint Somebody. Exactly. You know, well, that was Saint. You saint know, Smiley Face. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the cool things I saw that I thought it was cool was um, Father Jolly's reaction to seeing everybody come back. He's our pastor. Yeah. And uh, he looked like a dad during, or a mom or a dad during the holidays when all the kids are starting welcome to come home. home. Yeah, home. man. He was, he was so pleased. Think and about so what happy. it's like to be a priest and such an integral part of what you do is Mass and the community at Mass. Right. I mean, you've got relationships with all of your parishioners. I get it. But the big thing, I mean, oh, the big soiree, the big dance is like, yeah. it's Mass. And mm-hmm. so. I, you're right. He was he was genuinely happy. He was, uh, and so that was kind of neat. It was kind of different trying to figure out like what are we going to do and when are we going to use hand sanitizer and all those kind of things. Right. But he was. I I think he was genuinely happy. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and so and he told our we he did my uh, the my the second mass where we had like 20 people in it, and he uh, you know he actually encouraged people to lie and say go and tell everyone just this place was just packed. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. Yeah, he was joking. Good obviously. for him. But it was it was it was nice, and and I will tell you, one of the things that was really profound to me uh, was uh, we're talking about eyes and how eyes tell such a story. Is um, I I I I got to distribute communion. Now, what we did, different parishes are doing different things. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a communion line. What we had was um, we had chairs set up, and then the priest or the deacon would actually take Holy Communion. To the individual persons, right, right, rather than have people line up, et cetera, et cetera, and worry about six feet of spacing right. and all that, right. So, so we did that, and so during the mass, I was in the overflow. Um, I, you know, Father said, Father Jolly said, "Why don't you go ahead and take the communion to him?" So I did, and uh, and there was one person that I went to uh, as I was going to all of them, and they were bawling. Oh wow! I mean, they they were crying. I mean, a full on cry. Wow! I mean, it wasn't like just the sniffles. You know, I don't I don't think it was pollen in the air Mm -hmm. you know it really was um as profound and again Hmm. um all i could see at first were their eyes Mm -hmm. and so that told this huge story then they pulled their mask down it was obvious that they were kind of shaking and emotional so for them you know Mm. what has it been you know two months months. uh not to receive holy communion and then to be sort of returned to the banquet right and 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 that's the stuff that gives me hope it gives it just it tells me that like um, there's there's good in the world and that, yeah. uh, and and also it just it it calls me to question my own intentions and what I think what I feel about Holy Communion, mm-hmm. um, and I could tell just by looking in this woman's eyes that she was hungry, right? That she was hungry for Mass, yeah, and that she had this great and profound Eucharistic desire, yeah, right to commune. To commune with God. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and so I, it made me again uh, I think deeper thoughts about well, man, if she's going to be this 
emotional about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, sometimes we can dismiss emotionalism, right? We just go like, oh, you know, she's she was probably obviously an emotional person or mm-hmm. maybe she had a rough day, whatever. And But at the same time, if you stop and, and, and you, you just contemplate, discern, if you just ponder what could have brought her to tears. Yeah. And then you start thinking like, well, this whole thing about Jesus Christ being present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in Eucharist, and Jesus mm-hmm. promising that he would be with us to the close of the age. Right. Those are some pretty profound statements. Huge. And here she was with her eyes telling that story to me, and then as she pulled her mask down to uh, to receive, uh, how beautiful that was. Yeah. Do uh, I believe that much? Yeah, and I, you know, and I want to say, taking this for granted. I want to say I do. I yeah. want to say why? Heck yeah, I do. Yeah. But then, I, but I, I question myself, and I imagine everyone. This is an opportunity for all of us to sort of revisit what it is we believe. Mm-hmm. What it is that, that that we think about Eucharist? Yep. Um, I I can't imagine what it would be like, but I know there are countries, there are places where we as a a, a people we we're, we can. Not only can we go to daily mass, but we probably have our our choice of fifteen or twenty different locations. Oh, in this diocese, of course, yeah, yeah we're spoiled I, rotten. I think most places, most dioceses in the United States, have multiple places for daily yeah. mass. Now, it's some not, places it's not are happening in China. A little more out in the boonies, but yeah. So the Amazon, the China, uh, Australia, right. and the outback, and places like this. You, you know, they're they're we take all that for granted. So imagine those people mm-hmm. who maybe once a year. Right, you know, Father whatever his name is, I can't pronounce it. You know, shows up, he breezes in. Right, how's it going? Here's uh, let's do some confessions for the whole village, and you know, and now let's have mass and Eucharist, and he's, see he's, y'all later. What's interesting about that too is he's helping them meet their obligation. Yeah, we're only obligated to receive the Eucharist one right. time a year. That's what it specifically so, says. Yeah. We we are spoiled, right? So when we have so many opportunities, and I would never want to take those opportunities away, and no. I'm not saying that no, you no, should. No, 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 I'm no, just no. saying that sometimes when we receive so often, we might lose a sense of what we're encountering. Right. Right. I mean, if, totally if you know, uh, I will tell you during the this coronavirus kind of quarantine, uh, I set a record uh, six nights in a row grilling, finally to the point where. My kids actually said, please, no more steak. Seriously? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yeah, my wife said, uh, yeah, they, they asked if it, what, we didn't have steak again. We're grilling things I've never grilled before. You know, like, well, like what I kind of I did a things? brisket. I know everybody's falling out of their chairs like, dude, you've never done a brisket? I've never done a brisket. We did a brisket the other day. So I grilled a London broil. We killed it, by the way. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. So I, yeah, so... So it's like that's 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 uh, uh, our our experience, you know, is is, is with COVID, yeah, uh, and we're we're all we're all doing that, and there's like, and and what's so funny is now that we had like steak six nights in a row, um, you know, you can take it for granted, oh, it's steak, you know, right. um, and so it's like just same thing with Eucharist, except it's just exponentially right. greater, right? Um, is yeah. What is it that you know? What are what is it that we're that that we've been missing? Right. And and what is it like to receive again? Right. So that's those are that's food for thought, as it were. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, when we come back. We take a break before we take that break. Want to remind folks at home, we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Also, hit us up on the Facebook and on the. 
Twitter and on the Instagram and like, like our posts, share, all that kind of stuff. It makes a difference. It makes a difference, so saith Sam. There you and go. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. All three of them, and we are talking about <laughs> we are talking about um, hungry for mass, yes, we that are. Eucharistic desire, and what it is that we are encountering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe for some of us, it's like um, uh, I don't want to say the first time in a while, but it's probably it's probably been a while since you stopped and thought, like, you know what. What is this thing called Eucharist? Right. Because I don't know that I often do it. Right. Um, usually when I do it, I, I'll be honest with you, it's usually when I'm, I'm, I'm a little sideways with God. 
mm-hmm. right? And I've got to go to confession. And it makes me think, like, I don't want to go to Mass until I've gone to confession. Mm-hmm. I want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And then I think beyond that, why do you want to be prepared? Well, because of what I believe. Right. What I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that, that causes me. So, And that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for all of us it's to an think. excellent thing. But this is one of those situations where everyone was sort of like forced to have a uh, uh, a respite, you know, to forced to be in a in a desert of isolation. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about before. That's the truth. And we didn't. Most of us didn't get a choice. No, you know. And so None here, of us and got here a we choice. are. So uh, you know, one of the things I would recommend um, is when you when you go back to to communion um, is. Um, to do it as if it's your first Holy Communion. It's a good and, idea. And so what I want you to do, Tom, is wear a white dress with a veil. I'll do it. I know you probably would, but you, you might not you know get to I think if you showed up that way, you might not. With that beard. That wouldn't go very well. No, it probably wouldn't. So I'll say you could go in the little suit with the little bow tie. Perfect. You know, a little blue suit with the yeah. white pants and the little little bow tie yeah. that Grandma gave you? Oh, yeah. You know, along with your little prayer book and mm-hmm. your other, like maybe a rosary. And I, I don't know why I can't think of the shoes that go with that, but uh, there are really some cool shoes. You, when what you got your guys? first communion, you probably got some patent leather white shoes. Yeah, and no, I didn't do that. You didn't do that? That wouldn't be me. Well, it doesn't you, matter. You love you're that little... picture, I know, I can tell. Oh, yeah, I would. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, but what I, what I do mean is... Um, for some of us, you know, hearkening back to our first Holy Communion, mm-hmm. and and even if we don't remember it, mm-hmm. I know somewhere you can probably dig up a picture of your oh, first yeah. Holy Communion, and you've seen plenty. And like me with nine kids, I've seen a lot of first communions oh, yeah. of late, you know. And so I, there's this image that I love that's so beautiful about these little first communicants, mm-hmm. little second graders, when they're walking up the aisle and they got their hands folded. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just their their hands are they're so proud they're and they're, yeah they're perfectly folded and and uh, and they're walking down the aisle so um, respectfully and, right. and something reverence. sacred reverence and something yeah. so beautiful that's happening mm-hmm. and uh, and then they receive their first holy communion and there's there is sort of like a um, a de evolution mm-hmm. of the human soul when it comes to communion right uh, you ever seen that like evolution of man little graphic that shows like the sort of guy hunched over yeah kind of ape like and then then he kind of stands up yeah. nice. The Homo erectus, whatever the tall guy, you know, right? And so this is—it's the opposite. It starts with the prayer hands folded and straight up, and then and then over the over periods of time, the hands kind of like kind of tilt down a little more, and then they right. then they turn into like a where the fingers are sort of intertwined, right? You know, and then they kind of like then that then kind of points all the way down, yeah, right. And then all of a sudden the hands kind of come apart, then they get in the yeah. pockets, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone does it in the pockets, but I will just say that. That we kind of lose that sense of like the reverence, the reverence and the yeah. beauty of what we're about to encounter. So I, I just su- suggest to people that maybe it's like uh, people's like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "This is my first Holy Communion." Really? Yeah. Well, it's my, you know, fifty-seven thousand four hundred ninety-third first Holy Communion. Right. Right. So it's like you're going to have a lot of them in your lifetime, but but to sort of revisit that moment when it was so special, and I think that would that would definitely sort of. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be pleasant to see, like what you've missed and what you're getting, and then just to ponder that that um, 
that that I don't know that beauty that that something that's like beyond all of us is it's just like cosmic in the reality right uh, that we don't often think about yep right we're so practical mm-hmm. along the way we are so that that's the kind of stuff I think that we that we that we look at mm-hmm. um, and and then also just um, are we actually hungry mm-hmm. for for Jesus yep. Because um, that's a question that, like, I mean, did you when you were, um, you know, when you were at mass? I mean, it was nice of you meeting people and kind of doing the virtual elbow bumps and mm-hmm. whatnot. Did you sense a hunger, or were you thinking that way? Oh no, I sensed a hunger. Um, not like the lady you described earlier, but I right. was definitely hungry for the Eucharist. Yeah. So yeah, I would say absolutely. Some of us who are in the clerical state, you know, had opportunities throughout this coronavirus. Um, where we would like assist at like I assisted at some of the masses that were that were being uh, taped and then then played or streamed live streamed or whatever uh, on Facebook and, and and places like that and so so I had opportunities not as often as I normally would have mm-hmm. but, so it wasn't the same for me but I know for some people I mean it's been two months right. And so there's a there is definitely a well you also, you a had hunger. a different vantage point yesterday too you got to see people's eyes you got to get a, a feel for that hunger did you did you sense it yeah so as I'm looking out I I guarantee and see we I I was like I said I was in the overflow I was in the gym so when I was looking there was a fewer people right? right so the first mass I had I think there were 15 people mm-hmm. and the second mass there were 20 and you know I I, I was able just to look into their faces yeah and just watch them. There yeah. were some young families there that were all fidgety and whatever. But mm-hmm. whereas normally I might be distracted, yeah. it might be looking and, and, and maybe even judgmental, like, oh, that person's falling asleep, that person's not paying attention, that, that person's chewing gum. I was like, ah, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Let your kid run wild because it's so exciting to see a family at mass uh, yeah. again. So, Absolutely. so I, could, I could sense that. And I think the whole room was hungry. I think, well, yeah. I think everybody was ready. And what I hope is it continues to grow. Uh, and, and I hope also that hunger that people have continues to grow. I, I, I hope it will uh, it blossom into a, a, a new springtime of, of appreciation and, and love of Jesus and the Eucharist, of Holy Mass, of the Holy Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, we all have a mission laid before us. And this is an opportunity for all of us uh, to come together and to realize the great beauty and the great grace that we have in this mass and just what a gift we have in Eucharist. Amen, right? Deacon Jeff. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And you know, I'll tell you what, uh, the Holy uh, Blessed Mother mm-hmm. uh, is, is also uh, looking forward to having all of us back in mass. And so Indeed. let's ask for her intercession in this process. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. See you at Mass. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.